0: Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event for her by her presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses' employment and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. You know how like a month or six weeks ago, we had a conversation about if you're not sure what to put on your Christmas list, like put things on your Christmas list that you wish you had registered for from your wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did just that. I did just that, and I put a cake dome on my list. And I guess this transpired into the most ridiculous conversation between my in-laws and my spouse (laughs) because they're like, "Why does she need a cake dome? What? Why not? Why this cake dome? Is there a reason she picked this specific one? Like, can we get any cake dome? No, Jared." You have to defend my honor <laughs> and make it super clear that I picked not only that specific one, but I was dead serious about wanting it. Like, this is not a joke. I didn't say, oh, I wanted that would be nice. Like, no, I really mean really that cake dome. Genuinely want that cake well, now dome. now I need to see what the cake dome looks like. Oh, I can send it to you. Yeah, it's beautiful. It just a link. It's from Crate and Barrel. And it's, you know, a lot of cake domes are very rounded. And don't get me wrong. I like a rounded edge, but this is like a modern, like barely rounded edge. So it's got very flat sides. And, and but it will still fit a cake. It'll still fit a cake. Okay. It's stunning. And it's simple. And people clearly don't understand well, so that I was here right now so
1: I can react live on air.
0: Live on I air. I
1: have a cake dome. Um, it's vintage. It was my great grandmother's on my dad's side. And it is like a traditional round edge with a round knob, but it has like very subtle, like etched a little bit of floral along the rim kind of area. And it's heavy. It's heavy. It's a good one. Oh, this is cute. Yes. Hmm. I see what you mean by like, it is honestly the shape of like a hard scraped double layer round cake.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. it's
1: that exact shape.
0: Yeah it's not a massive thing by any means, but I just wanted, you know, we have one and it's fine, but it was absolutely the, like, let's figure out how to pick the thing that can do yeah. the most things. And so like, if you turn it upside down, it's like a vegetable dish or something. oh And so like, I don't like all the extra slots and the, yeah. and all the like I literally only want it to be for birthday cakes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, when it's not birth because we have like birthday season in our house Yeah. when it's not birthday season I could see decorating with it in some other no. way but anyway
1: I pull ours out for birthdays so like it'll come out for Penny's cake although we are going to be doing like cinnamon rolls okay so <laughs> I've talked to you about this a little bit so she's getting older to where she wants to have her birthday at places. And I had hoped we could get a couple more years in of house birthdays because that shit is, it just, it gets expensive and it's loud and it's a lot and it's just like, but of course she had a friend of hers who had a birthday at a trampoline park last year. And that's like, she's been asking for that for a year. So I was like, fine. So we're doing that, but there's going to be at least 10 children in a trampoline park with other children, like it's not closed. We do have a private party room. so I'll like probably sit there the entire time. We'll get a couple pizzas for the kids and cake and all the stuff, but it's not a problem. But like our thing is like our family loves getting together and we have a big family and there's lots of friends that are family and it adds up. And before you know it, there's 30 people on her invitation list for her birthday party. And A lot of that includes great-grandparents. We are so lucky to still have three of our great-grandmothers, four of our great-grandmothers. And, you know, great grandmas and loud trampoline parks just don't go well together. And so I felt bad for two of them are coming in from out of town for her birthday as long as the weather is good. And I was like, you're not going to want to sit and just watch her with her friends for two hours and then leave. Like, that doesn't sound fun. So what I think we're going to do is like a brunch at our house before the trampoline park. And so grandparents can hang out. We can all chill. It's just like family and like maybe two friends, like my friends, not her friends. And it's just the adult birthday party. And then we're going to go to the trampoline park because Brian was like, well, after the trampoline park, if we wanted to still hang out with our family, we could all just like go somewhere to go eat. And I'm like, well, that also sounds awful because there's 15 or 20 of us going to a restaurant in the middle of a Saturday with a five-year-old that just had like 17 cupcakes like that will show you would be six at that point. But that sounds miserable and completely defeats the entire purpose. And so we're going to have cinnamon rolls and she's going to blow out her candles at home with cinnamon rolls, or maybe I'll make like a banana cake or something like that. And then we'll go to the party where she'll have like regular old cupcakes and pizza and jump around because <laughs> I'm also like as soon as we get home from the trampoline park girlfriend's gonna be exhausted and so I want her to go lay down yeah because so I can have some peace <laughs> so the last thing I want is to then go do something after the trampoline park
0: do you have any vivid memories of a similarly very active birthday as a child because not necessarily very active but I do have two specific
1: memories of birthdays one I had a birthday party at So McDonald's used to be a lot bigger. And there used to have like some locations that had like a huge playroom with not just the equipment, but like tables and chairs and like you could rent it as a party room. And I had a birthday at McDonald's. And it was really cool because it was just like play park indoor. Everyone got Happy Meals. It was super great. I think that was like a cousins and friends and whatever. I've never been the child that had like a lot of friends and wanted to invite like the whole class, but I did have a lot of cousins and I had a big family. And so there was that. But then as I got a little bit older, one of my favorite birthdays, if not my favorite, I think I was like 12 or 13. So I was definitely older, but my mom, me, my best friend, and one other friend rented a hotel room and we just ran around the hotel Went to the indoor swimming pool. We had like our room that was connected to my mom's. And so, like, she got her piece, and then we stayed up all night. And it was so fun because it just felt like a big kid thing to do. And it was one of those hotels where the elevators are on the obviously the inside of the building, but like in the courtyard and they were glass all around. And so, like, you were in the elevators and you could see each other. And so, we would play like elevator tag, and it was just fun. I'm sure the hotel staff loved you guys. I know we were not yelly kids. And so, like, we were very mature 13-year-olds. But it was on, like, a Wednesday. You mm-hmm. know, like, it, it wasn't a busy season. And it
0: was a Tulsa. up Do you remember jump? J- Jumberry?
1: Yeah. Oh, like a Jupiter jump
0: thing? I don't know. It like the blow up
1: bouncy castle things?
0: No. Oh. What are it, you talking about? I don't know how to explain it. It was not jumping. It was like a mcdonald's play place but like times 10 like it was huge lots of nets lots of like things you crawl through yeah. and then the That's most kind epic of part park is was the slides mm. that were made of those pvc tubes that were just like like turny tubes but i'm pretty sure they shut it down after someone's finger got <gasps> yeah 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 it wasn't that's, the safest by any uh, means that's kind
1: of how this trampoline park is because so there's like obviously trampolines you can jump on but they have like rock climbing walls over a foam pit and then oh. like an obstacle course and all
0: she's gonna remember this birthday yeah
1: yeah it will be a core memory for sure well we already have nine kids She's in kindergarten and so it's her first year in public school. And Brian was like, Well, who are we gonna invite from her class? I'm like, I don't know anyone from her class. She doesn't have a core group of friends yet. Like, we have to invite the entire class and just see who RSVPs. And he was like, mouth on the floor. You guys couldn't see that. But he did not wanna do that because there's like freaking 24 kids in her class. And I'm like, They're not all gonna say yes. And so it'll be fine. But so far, we've had nine people. Not all from her classroom, but nine kids because we have a bunch of kids in our friend group too. So I was like, so we have one. Okay, this is my last thing and then we can move on. I have an etiquette question. How would you handle this situation? You're friends with someone who has five children. One of those children is the same age as your child. The others are not. It's trampoline park. The reservation is up to 10 kids. Every kid after that is $20 a child. What would you do?
0: I would say to that person, like, would love for you to come. Penelope would love to hang out with insert name of kid that's the same age. Our reservations for up to 10 kids. So you're welcome to bring the other kiddos, but we're just going to cover so-and-so's name. And if the other kids want to play, A, it's on you to watch them and their safety and all that ish because that's a whole thing and I'm not parenting your four other children. <laughs> I wouldn't say that part, but you know what I mean. FYI it's blanky blank price per kid. Great. That's
1: exactly what I did because I was like this is half of our quota with just your family and I don't want to do that because it's $20 an extra child. And so I messaged her and was just like, "Hey, so what's funny is that their child that is Penny's age, her name is also Penelope. So we call her Other Penny in our house. And so I was like, hey, Penny would like to invite Other Penny to her birthday. We don't have a lot of slots available, but if the older girls want to come, it's $19.99 per child. And she was like, great, Penelope will be so excited. So I was like, okay, I think we're on the same page.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and part of that, I would maybe even in that specific instance offer to say, you can drop her off. So you go watch her Right, (laughs) right, right, right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I will see her
1: before the party. And so I'll just I'll bring it up again just to like confirm, confirm. But she she also knows. Like she is one of those parents who she's like, I know we have five kids. Like I'm not putting that on anyone else. Yeah. No, for sure. (laughs) I was like, okay, good. (laughs) If you were our only friend, for sure. (laughs) But that's not what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: for sure. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
1: Well, enough birthday talk. But although if you have a solid birthday memory, I would love to hear it. You can DM us over at Instagram and I would love to read your birthday
0: stories. (laughs) Well, this episode was prompted because I wanted to talk about the biggest mistakes and successes from 2022. But in the process of reflecting, (laughs) I found that Emily and I do not we don't make mistakes first of all no no (laughs) it's not that mistakes were not had but it's so interesting we've worked so hard over the last seven years to like get really clear on how we can learn from things all the time and so when we were trying to come up with mistakes I was like well this is kind of a lesson learned but not Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily feel bad that we did the thing Right. I think there's really only one, in my opinion, one, like, I actual agree. mistake. I agree. I think agree. everything else was, like, a lesson that, like, we can learn something from it. The other one, if I could go back and change it, I would. You would do something different. Yes. I agree. I agree. So, we so will this make it clear. Lessons learned and successes. Lessons <laughs> learned and successes. And the one mistake I would absolutely change. <laughs> yeah. We do want to save that one for last. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. you okay. got to wait. But- the one actual
1: mistake, stay tuned. (laughs) Okay. So we can talk about this first little success on our list. And it's not little, it felt little at the beginning. And as time goes on, it feels bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and more impactful and more and more of a success. And I think it's one of those, like, it took a minute for us to figure out how we could make it a success for us. And I'm honestly so proud of us. So the success for me is how freaking amazing and functional and impactful our team is and has been this year. As you guys know, if you're an avid listener, you have heard me say on the show more than once that I will never have employees ever again when I was like burnt. And I got like, burned because of it.
0: P.S. Remind um, me to tell you a story about a prospect. I had a call and she literally said, I never, ever, ever want to have W-2 employees. And I was like, I've heard this before. We'll see you in a year. (laughs) But for the sake of, we
1: have a culture of experimentation and a culture of curiosity here. And part of that is me saying, I never want to do this. Okay, but I'll be open to exploring it. I'll be open to seeing what it could look like. And that's just kind of my personality. I go through, I go into something being like, nope, I'm probably going to hate this. And then I will, although I will still be open about it. However, like what I'm so happy about now is stuff like that takes time to shake out and to solidify. And we have to learn, right, how to be better leaders and better managers. And truly, I feel like that's all we did this year was learn how to do that better and spent a shit ton of time creating communications and dashboards and processes and and workflows and whatever to support us in that venture. And it kind of all came full circle for me. We're on a coaching call, I believe last week, And Kate was on with us. She's a member of our team. And we were talking about something in regards to team culture, I think specifically, I can't remember exactly. And we're like, well, we'd love to hear your perspective. And oh, it was one of those, it was like ethics and moralities. And she basically said something like, I didn't realize how impactful it would be to be a part of a culture that like was adamantly about being ethical until I was. And now it's just so second nature that I couldn't imagine doing or working for anyone doing it any other way. And that to me was like, oh, all of our boundaries are paying off, all of our values are paying off. And it was just one of those sweet, like kind of mama bear moments, like when your kid does something amazing that they learned from you. And you're like, Oh, great.
0: I know. My only caveat with that is like, I definitely want to continue to have our team be independent thinkers. And I think as we get more in a groove, I worry sometimes that we meld into this like singular unit that all thinks the same way. Yeah. yeah. And so how can I continue to like cultivate individual thought leadership? But that's a story for another day. Truly, Yeah. That's a separate thing. Truly though, team being in a groove, knowing who's good at what, who does what, having clear roles within the company, having clear management, it literally took a full 12 months. Yes. Yes. Now I'm like, Oh, dang. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. So th- that's what happens when you do that. Okay. So the second success I see is, you know, as we've grown our team and we've seen this as the team gets bigger, as the business gets bigger, pivoting and doing anything differently, can not only be more of a challenge period mm-hmm. but it can be a lot slower mm-hmm. than you would like it to be
1: that's one of truly the biggest mind fucks for me of having a team is that you can get more done at a slower pace i don't know how to explain it it's counterintuitive to like what you think is going to happen But it's just one of
0: those things where it's it's like ten projects move forward simultaneously, but they happen, like they get implemented slower versus like when it's just you, you might only do one project and you do it quickly. But like cumulatively over time, more things are accomplished. Yes. Yes. That's the only way I know how to explain it. But Uh because of that, it can be intimidating when You're watching the economy change before your eyes. You're watching your industry change before your eyes. You know, you're watching things happen in real time. And as a CEO, you want to be three to six months ahead of any sort of major change in consumer spending or industry or whatever. And I will say, especially in the back half of this year, I think we fumbled through it a lot the first half, but in the back half of this year, I think when we saw an opportunity, we went for it. Well, what I will say, I'm proud of us on two angles. So I agree
1: with you. That it was the back half. I a hundred percent agree with you. And, but the reason why I'm still proud of that, that, and that it happened in the back half is that we truly did give it a good old college effort. The first half of the year to do what we known has always worked right. Like we did more of, we didn't try anything new in the sense of like, We're going to completely develop a brand new marketing strategy or a brand new offer. We doubled down on what we knew was working using channels and mechanisms that we knew worked. They performed a lot differently than they have historically, for sure. And that ultimately is what led us to having to do a bigger pivot. We knew the pivot was going to happen no matter what. Part of that was literally how we wanted to work and what we wanted to be selling and how we wanted to be selling it. But... We did take the time I feel like it deserved in the first half of the year to be like, let's keep trying what we know works before we make this shift. And then it was like, okay, no, like we do need to make this shift and it needs to happen now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we saw incredible growth after that the pivot and fully recognizing what we could go back to. Because again, it wasn't inventing something new, it was new for our team. Because historically, the only people who had offered those things in the past were literally you and I, and we had zero support when we were doing those type of services. So we did have to figure out what's the process because there's more cooks in the kitchen. Oh, we can offer more done for you because there's more cooks in the kitchen. What does that look like? How is the communication? What is the workflow? There's a bigger learning
0: curve when there's seven people versus two. Yeah. Just for clarification there. I don't think you understand how vastly different 7 is versus 2, y'all. Yeah. It's sort of like I mean, I know I don't have kids, but you know how they say like 2 is one right. thing, but like when you have 3 it's just crazy and then like, like you get over 5 know. and like it doesn't matter, right. <laughs> right? But like it's truly so different.
1: It's <laughs> so different. Yes. <laughs> so so different. It's funny because I was around a group of friends recently who have one kiddo. We have one kiddo. We're only going to have one kiddo. And I'm a big fan of being a part of conversations with other parents who are in the, I think we might just be done with one, but I'm like feeling guilty about it. And should we do this? And I am team one kiddo. I will wear that badge of honor. I will talk you into it as much as I can. It's completely different world. And we were around like right after that conversation, we were around two couples, I think who have two kiddos. And it was just like, my one kiddo was just acting completely different. And they were like fighting and arguing because you were just around more kids. And it was just like, Oh, on our way home, it was just quiet. And I'm like, I'm so I'm I'm just solidified in that decision every time.
0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted, third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com/bossproject to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com/bossproject. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out the job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash strategy hour terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. Okay. So this next success, you know, I don't think I quite realized at the time when we did it, how big girl. Oh, <laughs> my this gosh. I don't, I don't think it still has and then, and for me. I, I, you know, I think the thing that really tipped me over the edge was, okay. So I'm talking about rolling out benefits for a team. Now we've always had some level of benefits, but when it was Emily and I Like things could be a little loose and undefined, and it was fine. But as we started adding employees, we needed to get really clear on what our benefits package was and how we could assist our team in making this a really great place to work. I don't think it hit me how great of a place to work we've made until a member of our team's spouse was looking for a job and she started telling me about the kinds of things he was trying to negotiate for. And my jaw was on the floor, like in a way, like I started to feel guilty because our benefits are so much better. It puts her in a position where she doesn't necessarily always get to enjoy all of them. If her spouse is locked in someplace else where they don't give as much time off or, or whatever. And, but truly it is so well-rounded, like so incredibly well-rounded From healthcare to 401k, time off, even investing in tools and you know, additional wellness and technology. Like I've never seen anything like it. Well, I got teary eyed
1: earlier last week. I was having dinner with some friends at their house, and this friend of ours, he owns his own business as well. He's about a year, a year ish in we love talking about business. We're in completely different industries, but he was just asking about our business and our growth and what I loved about it and what we've been doing and the impacts of it. And, you know, you and I talk about this all the time about how whenever someone asks me about my business, I'm not going to go into the spiel of bragging about us, right? Of just like, yes, I have a business and I have this many employees and we make this much money and we do this. I feel like sometimes I need to do that in order to justify that we have a real business. This this is a real thing impacting people. But I don't do that often because it kind of makes me uncomfy. But this friend of mine was like, no, really, like, tell me all of the cool things that you're doing and the impacts and the money and like all the stuff. So I started talking about our benefits and the 401k and the stipend and health insurance and all of the things. And I was talking about our mission and, you know, how we want to impact women and fems financially, make them fulfilled soulfully, get them loving what they're doing, get them paid well, get them enjoying life, all of that kind of fun stuff. And he just pointed out to me, he was just like, I think it's so incredible that you guys do that in your services, in your education, in your podcasts and all the things. He's like, but you're doing that on a really granular level with your team. You are absolutely impacting the entire rest of their lives because of what you're setting up for them now. And the amount of people who want to work with, a startup or a small business and have something like what we've been able to create, but to have to sacrifice that, have to sacrifice a literal 401k in order to make that happen is greater than the the people who are able to offer it. And it is such a privilege to be able to offer it. And it was just so impactful to see how we're carrying out our mission internally as well. And it's just, it feels really good. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't want to take it for granted either, like to be able to do it and do it successfully and have it benefits, not only should fulfill your team, but also give them the rest and respite and peace of mind they need so that they can show up in your business the way you hope and want them to. And I mean, we have like multiple team members who I think it's their first 401k potentially a hundred percent, which is wild to me. Yeah. Especially given their ages, like that's, we want to set them up for success long term. And one of the benefits that we specifically put in place this year was our time off policy. And like we knew we wanted to offer specifically. Unlimited time off. But we knew all the potential implications of doing that. And we wanted an implications when you offer unlimited PTO, no one takes it because it's still
1: it's not structured and they feel maybe guilty still for taking it. And so we wanted to have it there and also create structure.
0: Yeah. And so part of it was, you know, not only can you have unlimited, but we are going to highly suggest you take your birthday off and your anniversary. And if you're unmarried, your work anniversary. And if you want to take additional, like, throw it at us, tell us about it. But aside from that, we wanted to set up the team for success. And I know we've talked about how much the business has been close. I don't think it really hit me until I was on the call with another business owner last week and I was talking about oh like we can do this this or this but like just as an FYI we will be closed starting this date and we'll reopen in January on this date. And like they looked at me square in the face and they're like you're closed for 2 weeks. And I said, "Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely we are. I'm so excited. I can't wait for my own rest, but also for a whole team to rest up, blah, blah, blah. And literally this person has been in this industry for 20, 25 years, run a business that entire time. And she said, I'm jealous of you. And like, not only did it make me sad for her, but it really did make me think about how incredibly lucky we are. But, you know, in terms of being sad for her, I know that it's way less about, you know, making sure you have enough money, like, no, it, it's, no. It's, no, it's way less about that, that
1: literally cannot be where breaks stem from, because you will never take it off.
0: Yeah, like the business, you'll figure it out, you'll figure yep. it out. But it's so for that specifically, it's so focused around just clear boundaries and communication. And like, There's really nothing standing in the way for most people to take more time off. Yeah. You've convinced yourself there is. Right. Are there some industries? Yeah, for sure.
1: But this one specifically, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it is you who's holding that back. Are there things you will have to set up? Absolutely. Processes, communications, values, expectations, canned responses. It might be difficult the first time. But it is not impossible, and you are the only one who can make that happen,
0: but it's so cool because you know, especially right now, we're recording this before we go into winter break, but even just watching our team like instead of being like anxious about, oh, what are they gonna get done before we go on break, I'm really like, I can't wait for you to rest and come back recharge. I can't wait for you to spend time with your family and How are you going to spend your time off? And like, well, and I feel like even the two weeks leading up to
1: our break are like quiet weeks also. We're like independent working,
0: less meetings, trying to get stuff wrapped up. But just so you guys are clear, we have closed our business more than a full month in 2022. So it was 27 working days off, which is, you know, there's only 20 working days in a month. So yeah, I think it actually Amazing. translated to six weeks once you included weekends and things. Yeah. Like yeah. so much time. time.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I love it. Well, and then it's rest for the intention of rest instead of rest because you're tired from work like those are different things. And it's a big part of why we have so much time around the holidays, because quite frankly, like the holidays are not restful for me. My anxiety is the highest in November, December. I need to like work that out in therapy. I don't know why I get really triggered around the holidays. My anxiety is super high. I get easily sick, really stressed out. I get more headaches. Like everything is literally fine. It's just like an internal body response. And so for me, like be bopping around to all the family events, all the friend things just like makes it worse for me. And so having that extra time is really helpful because if we didn't have the time off, you would not want to be around me. <laughs> like Having to juggle work and all the holiday things like that is not restful for some people.
0: No, no. Okay, so let's talk about lessons learned and then we'll roll into... Yeah. Yeah. So
1: one of the things that kind of came into fruition for us, we knew this was coming. I didn't know how quickly the lesson would come about. Again, it's not a mistake necessarily. It is just a, we knew the tides were turning and they officially turned this year. And that is about the impact and the cost of advertising we had known for probably at least a year, year and a half prior that it was already changing and it was going to continue to change. And we needed to diversify where our eggs came, where they were, right? That we didn't want to have, everything in Facebook ads, like all of our leads coming from Facebook ads, because as soon as those stop working, your leads turn off. And so we luckily started really early on to try to diversify that it still came like a brick wall for us. Like if I'm going to be honest with you,
0: oh, it, it was, fucking sucked. It's, I, mean, I think it still sucks. Because it still it, sucks. We're, it, we're just not spending money there. <laughs> it still sucks because it is something that worked for a very long time. And while it costs money, There was a return, and as things became less successful, it just didn't make sense anymore. And you know, the thing with it, don't read too much into this because there are absolutely still people making great ROIs with paid advertising. And so, I'm not saying don't invest in paid advertising, you know, for certain industries, for certain types of products, for whatever, like it can still be really fruitful. There is, for our space specifically, Big changes happening. And I think more than anything, our issue isn't that advertising can't be effective. It's that targeting is not what it used to be after the privacy changes that went into place. And because of that, if you put your paid ad in front of people that don't give a rip, they're not going to give a rip. (laughs) So I don't want to pay money to put it in front of people that don't care. And so until we can figure out targeting, that's not where we're gonna put our time and attention, but in terms of the lesson underneath all of that, even though we knew it was coming, I wish we had thought about in a bigger way what changing and relying on entirely organic channels looked like sooner because while we were looking at it from one perspective, I think like adding new leads to our email list is you know something that hasn't had as much attention as right. getting prospects for our services or whatever. Right. Right. And so what well, does that look do like six, eight months, nine right. months from now? Cause exactly. some of that stuff, you don't feel the issue mm-hmm. until a lot later. Well, and the downside was when ads stopped
1: working for us, so did social media. And it was like, at the same time, a lot of our tried and true channels, Pinterest, Instagram, our Facebook group and ads all kind of crumbled at the same time in their efficiencies. And so it was like, oh, okay, well, if we can't rely on any of those, what do we need to do instead? And like, we literally figured it out. It was fine. But it was just like, it wasn't just losing one channel. It truly last year, I feel like we shed so many channels, not to say that they won't pick up again, but they can't rely on them. And so we have known for a long time. And I think this is going into the lesson we're still learning. And sometimes you know the lesson, but like you don't have any other choice. You don't have like, a choice in
0: the season, but to the choose, season, right. choose the thing. Yeah. So
1: ours is trying not to have the bulk of your income come from one source. So whether that be a client
0: or ads or a social media platform or a certain strategy or whatever it might be. I think the most common version of that for y'all listening for service providers is that you have one big client that's consistent And then what happens if that one big client goes away? Or like we have someone else in the incubator. We have someone who relies really heavily on one platform for leads and the leads dipped dramatically this year. And that's had a really huge impact on her business. And it's like, I never want to see either like lead source or marketing mechanism or income have one source that's bringing in more than 10 to 15%. And I know that sounds crazy. You're like, okay, well, if we're looking at marketing sources and like, what if I really only have two that are working? I'm like, I know I get it. I'm not saying you don't need to choose it in this season, but it's something over time where you need to look for more opportunities for in a variety of places And you have to also be mindful that like, there is a point where you spread yourself too thin, where it's no longer helpful. But like when I'm talking about, there are so many service
1: providers I know who are in Facebook groups, where they get the bulk of their clients from like, there will be job opportunities posted there, or you can comment on someone's with your job listing or whatever it might be. What if that group gets shut down tomorrow? Do you have a referral journey? Do you have a network that you can reach out to and rely on? Are you also building up your rolodex of of yeah. contacts that are outside of that? Yeah.
0: So we're not saying you need to have ten today, right. but like, what's your backup? What's the backup to the main thing? Because we all know that y'all got a main gig that's working pretty well for you, and that's yeah. fine. But like, I think the leads thing, I think, can almost always be sorted out before it becomes a massive issue the one that I have seen bite people in the ass multiple times is the one big client. And it's making up more than 15 or 20%. And reality it needs to be more like five to 10% because you get too high. And especially if you have a team, it could mean layoffs are required or whatever. And anyway, it is complicated and it is something we will continue to have to work on ourselves. And it's like, even if we know the thing, We also know sometimes you choose the thing anyway because it's what the opportunity that's in front of you and take advantage of what is working. Like don't say no just because you don't want to like make that true, but like also know what the risks are of doing that. And we did and we do and it came true and that sucks. And so anyway, I know I'm being a little bit cryptic, but I have to for the privacy of some things. But do you want to share our biggest mistake? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> so one so, that we actually count as a mistake.
0: Yeah. So this one is an actual mistake, and I think part of it is when you're growing a business. Theoretically, you know, if you continue to grow over the years, you've never been as big as you are now, and so you have to make different decisions based on where you are now, and you've never been presented with these opportunities before, and so you just have to make a decision, and then you live with. The results of that decision. And so we were in a position to see massive growth this year. And we chose growth, and we knew going into this year we were choosing growth. And we also chose to hire ahead of the growth. In a lot of ways, thinking that the hiring would facilitate more of the uptick. I don't necessarily think, knowing what I know now, I don't necessarily think the hiring of the people is what led to the growth. I think the having the support so I know that our clients can be well taken care of is more true to what's really happening. But from a financial standpoint, I would absolutely say it was a mistake to hire ahead of some of the growth. And I wish we had hired slower and less people. And I think ultimately everything shook out the way it needed to. And it was a little bit painful in the process, maybe a lot painful. It was a lot painful. We're just blocking that out. I don't want to think about some of it. And truly, P.S. If you work for us, it was not about you guys. Like, it wasn't about the people that worked for us. It was about the implications of hiring the people financially. Yep. Yeah. Well,
1: and quite literally, like, we have realized over and over and over again, and we just have to, like, kind of remind ourselves that these are the type of people we are. We do not work well under financial pressure. And when the space is open, and abundant, we make the best decisions and the best strategies and have incredible results because of that. That's not to say that we can't also make really great decisions in a pickle because we've been there a time or two, but we do not like to create to, yes. Right. We don't have to have to do that. right? Mm-hmm. And so we welcome ease and abundance into our life. And so we also have to make the decisions that support that no matter what is happening with clients, with sales, with marketing, with expenses, with whatever. And as long as we prioritize that, Then we can get there. But good lord, we were running a business where we like had to make decisions because of like literal expenses. And that was not fun. It was not the kind of business I like to run.
0: Yeah. So, in terms of like what I would do differently, one, I would just I would slow down. I wouldn't grow as fast on purpose. But also in terms of savings and like what I would look for, we did have. good chunk of cash in the business. But instead of having three times payroll or four times payroll in cash reserves, I would honestly recommend you have at least three times operating expenses. And that can be a shiz ton of money. And so you're like, literally, how am I ever going to get here? Like, I would have to save for a full year before I hire anyone.
1: Great. Start now. Okay. Okay. Especially in the market that we're in. Like if you take our point that we said earlier, right? Of like, we quote unquote lost the efficiencies or the impacts of four different channels while our expenses skyrocketed. That was fucking stressful. I would not wish that on anyone. And I know a lot of us have gone through some version of that, this year in our own business maybe you like bought a new home or a new car or had an extra kid or like whatever right because of everything was going gravy and then this fucking year happened <laughs> or last year happened and it was like yikes
0: yeah and so savings and cash is essential for the, the growth of any business And so be mindful of what you're taking out of the business, not that you like, pay yourself, pay yourself well and save. And especially if you want to continue to grow long-term, like you will need a lot more cash in the business than you think a lot more.
1: Because I'll also tell you right now, financing for small businesses is pretty,
0: yeah, it's hard to find other options to make things work. And, you know, unless you're willing to loan your business money, which I think most people are not in the financial position they could do that. It can be really tough. And so luckily we're in a great spot and we're going to go into next year and knowing everything we know now, I'm absolutely going to make different decisions. And it's a big part of why, and I very well may even do a whole episode on it. It's very well why we're going into a year of maintenance because it would be economically irresponsible not only hard from a like a marketing perspective but it would be incredibly irresponsible to go into a season of growth without like a continued season of growth without a season of maintenance and sustainability and so we are going into the year of stabilization. And I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about what that looks like. So overall, very, very, very challenging year. But I do, at the end of the day, feel really good about who's with us, who's on this journey with us, what we're doing, what we're creating, what it means for next year. Like, I still like this year better than I did 2018. Yeah, mostly because of who was along for the ride. I would say it was similarly challenging as 2018, but I have heard some thoughts around cycles. And I'm very hopeful that if this year was like 2018, then this coming year should be Great. So I fucking hope so. I just need a little bit of a break. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm, what, are I, the,
1: what are the things in your body that are like, is it your adrenal glands? Like, what's like yeah, triggered your adrenals? My adrenal glands need a break.
0: <laughs> your adrenals are fatigued, as they would yeah, say. They are fatigued. <laughs> um, you've been in fight or flight a little too often. And so we are yeah. going to reduce the cortisol in our bodies mm-hmm. and go into a season of rest. Mm hmm and really think about stabilization. And, you know, I will say to kind of like put the seal on this. For us, this means how can we continue to utilize the amazing team we've built to really streamline things so there there's way more predictability going into this next season. And do I think we'll have to pivot? Do I think we'll still have hiccups? Do I think they will still be days where I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> welcome to owning a business. Oh, yeah, I was
1: like, that's literally never going away. And no matter what's going on in the rest of the world or economy. So,
0: well, I hope you enjoyed this. And if you have any questions, I am an open book and I, yeah, I, you're welcome to ask us questions in the DMs over at boss project. I'd love to chat with you. And if you're interested in working with us in 2023, please set up a call. I would love for you to go to bossproject.com waitlist. Let me know what your challenges are, what you're excited about, what your goals are, and let us know what you're thinking in terms of how our team might help you. And we'll have a conversation. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join The Co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates,